Hi there, I'm Michael Hall. And I'm Andy Davis. And we want to welcome you to The Day Advantage, the D&D podcast where two old school dads talk about new school play. That's us. Old. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling it lately. Both in good and bad, right? Yeah, exactly. We're old old. and we're dads. So therefore, you're going to hear some dad jokes and you're going to hear some talk about D&D. There we go. All right, Andy, we're going to return to our roots with this episode, and we're going to do a flavor of the week challenge where we face off head to head in two different, we're going to build two different characters to a trope, uh, and then we're going to face off in how we built them. So the rules are pretty simple. We start with this basic trope. We build the most interesting characters of the same ability, rate, and experience level. So level eight, it's that simple. And the winner is whoever can beat the other into submission. Verbal submission. Verbal submission. Uh, sadly, we're not in the um, same room. Cutting skill and flavor is what we That's say. Right. That's right. That's uh, right. So there are going to be three rounds. We'll sort of do the flavor round first, and then we sort of do mechanical round, and then we have a convince me round. I am so, excited. I'm excited yeah, for right. the And then if there's a if there's a tie, Andy, how do we solve the tie? Roll some dice, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Roll dice. Roll dice. Throw, throw uh, we've never really had other? a tie. We've you know, we've never had really had it. a tie. It's usually but, pretty clear who's who's gonna go um, first. And then Andy, what is today's trope? Today we are gonna be using the femme fatale. I, I like think. this trope. Um, I it's I think it's 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 pretty interesting to me. I haven't seen a lot of DD characters that I would necessarily call this. But yeah, well, I think that, I think there's a couple reasons for it. I mean, I think first of all, there are a lot of dudes playing D and D, so and I think that there's there's some elements to femme fatale that are problematic. So I just want to address them right off the the bat, so that we can sort of get to the right place on this. Mm-hmm. So that it's look, it's an appealing trope for a lot of reasons, particularly if you're playing a bard. You know, you're pl- you you know, if you're playing a bard who who uses their sexual wiles, you're kind of the playing seductress. the fatale. But or the seductor, be, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, there's right, no reason exactly. for them to be. A man. It could be a non-binary character. It yeah. could be a man. Yeah. I thought about that actually a lot in, in the options for my build, but I, mm-hmm. uh, we'll see where I land. But I want to just address it up for, up front first, some of the problematic stuff. So in classical history and in media, there's sort of a misogynistic tinge to this trope. And I just want to address it. The basic idea being the reason it's misogynistic is it comes out of the male fear of women's sexuality, right? It's women who lead men to a downfall. And that's all about the male gaze. That's not at all about coming at it from if I'm a woman. And we see it in sort of historical and mythology. We see Cleopatra, Medea, Ishtar, all throughout history being closer to the villainous side of affairs as they're portrayed, not necessarily the hero. And we're all about building heroes here. I think the other piece on this that sort of played out in modern history is in film noir, where really the yeah. femme fatale idea really has come to anchor in sort of our cultural zeitgeist. So the film noir cultural icons are Ava Gardner, Killers, Barbara Stanwyck and Double Indemnity, Joan or Crawford. Bridget O'Shaughnessy and the Maltese Falcon. Exactly, other, right? Like sorts of- super classic film noir uh, femme fatales. And if you haven't seen these films, they are really important films to see they're problematic in all their obvious ways but they're also really important and visually stunning film noir is a visually stunning which is sort of adds to the sort of the mystery of all this (laughs) this this type of trope in the 80s you saw it continue with like sharon stone and basic basic instinct kathleen turner and body heat sort of maintaining this i think um, like sharon stone is like a great view of this character from the film's view Mm -hmm. she is like to some degree the villain 
but really like when you look at her from a little bit of a remove or you try to think about the character all it is is it's a it's a fully empowered woman yeah right, right. who is control of herself she's in control of her sexuality she's she's and she's fully self-motivated and again that's right. to your point like that's the thing that like freaks some people out it does i think the the modern take on femme fatale has sort of extended into women being empowered in sexuality so we have a lot of playing more closer to the male anti-hero concept right than than sort of the historical femme fatale so you could think catwoman mystique Lara Croft in La Femme Nikita, Charlize in, in like 10 different films, yeah. <laughs> right? From Aeon Flux to Atomic Blonde. Or you could even extend it to like Uma Thurman as the bride in Kill Bill. All of these modern takes open up to a whole new potential for thinking about femme fatales. So I just wanted to say that up front because I think I don't want anyone to think that yeah. we're coming into this with sort of a, a, a misogynistic tint, coming into it with like, what can we do with this trope as we always do? Yeah. How can we add flavor to it? How can we play with it? How we can How can we subvert it? And and win with it, yeah. I mean, another way to, in my mind, another way to say this is that idea of that sort of empowered, mm-hmm. that empowered seductress or seductor. Yeah. It's a role in D and D. Like, let's Which be really part clear. Of, yeah, that is you know? like that is one of the things that people will play. I mean, it's you know, you could you think of the thirsty bard. Yeah, the, like that character mm-hmm. is really they're just empowered, right? You yeah. know, they're they're like, hey, this is my thing, and they're doing it. So cool. Well, that's right. that's where we're coming from, people, and that's what we're going to build. So, how do we start? <laughs> yeah, I think as we start as we always do. Let's roll some initiative. All right, let's do it. Ugh. Oh, nice! I have a fifteen. Well, Michael. you absolutely beat me because I have a five. So <laughs> you, you get to go first. Andy. That's right, I get to go first. So, I think let me just think about this. I think as we as we start a lot of our episodes, let's start our episode in. Uh, in the shattered chasm and mm-hmm. let's start it in jolene's house of fun nice red's house of fun so red's red's is a, a house it is a house of ill repute maybe in in bounty that might be one way to describe it i prefer to think of it as a a place of companionship paid companionship potentially <laughs> but let's start there and as we kind of like we walk through the the two doors and we see this big sort of honky tonk kind of vibe to the whole thing. You've got the bar, you've got the, you've got the people playing cards and all the rest of it. And I think one of the people sitting there playing cards is our, my hero, Samane Ra de Orlok. And she's a pale, pale woman, pale elf, long black hair, dark, dark eyes. And she's, you know, dressed, I think, not overtly sexual or anything else like that, but she definitely is attractive. She looks, she's, she, she looks like someone who's very confident in herself. I think the whole sort of, I think a little bit, maybe like the idea of like Catwoman from the, from the comics, the more, the more recent comics where she, there's a sexual element, but it's not about like, it's not Selena like Kyle. Power. <laughs> yeah. Selena Kyle. She's got that kind of Selena Kyle kind of vibe. And uh, yeah, she's just sitting around. I think she's sitting at a table. She's playing some cards with people. And, you know, and, but I think she's also, as she's playing, she's really like, you can see she's very perceptive. She's paying a lot of attention to the people around her. I haven't thought too much more beyond that kind of general vibe. I like the vibe. Her, but I think yeah. the vibe is just generally like not necessarily overtly. But if you looked at her, your initial impression would be that she's elvish. But I think there's also something just slightly uncanny about her. Maybe mm-hmm. that her skin's like maybe just a little bit too pale. 
shit, Her. Andy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we went the same direction. Um, we may okay. have done the same thing. We may know. have done the same thing. Okay, you go. You All go. right. Maybe our, or, or maybe our gals will get along real well. They, they might. They might actually. It, it, I debated it because I'm like, Andy might go in this direction and because it's sort yeah. of an obvious one. And <laughs> yeah. it's a good one. So, Andy... With all good D&D stories, my story also starts in this shattered chasm and Mm -hmm. in a tavern. And I'm just going to return to the Thirsty Cougar because it just fits this particular... I was was, was a little worried that Thirsty Cougar was going to be a little too on the nose. Yeah, we could go back to the Thirsty Cougar too. It's still my favorite tavern (laughs) in the the chasm because it just seems too perfect. In this story, we see a man, a boorish one, wealthy and powerful, and he knows it. He's abusive and overbearing to the staff and inappropriate at all times. From the shadows emerges a a beauty beyond compare, tall, lanky, blonde hair pulled back tightly, entrancing. She whispers something to our oafish cad, and the two link arms and disappear via door to the alley. Sir Cad, never to be seen again. (laughs) You have brushed paths with Stardust de Neuve. Hunter of fiends and on occasion cads. Love it. Raised Love in it. privilege, Star had no idea that the deals her parents had made with the darkness or with darkness. Sure, she grew up in casual cruelty, but it wasn't until she was older that she realized that her family business was one of control, supremacy, and violence, all in the service of a dark fiend. She was dismayed to realize that she too was afflicted with a need, a hunger to take souls, <laughs> life force. She needed it to feed. She needed to feel it course through her body. Only Star was not evil, or at least she does not want to be want to inflict further evil evil on the world. Right. So she made a deal with herself. She would starve until she would could feed on the life force of those that deserve it. The true evils of the world, humans and the like who inflict pain needlessly, would suffer at her hand, as would the fiends that drive them to it. Okay, we are. We're like right in the same lane, everybody. We're right in the same lane. We both it's okay. Like, we're probably going to do different things with it. Yeah, we're like, going to do different things with it. We're going to do different lane. things with it, but we definitely like. So it was femme fatale. So what is that? The that is fatal. That is women who kill. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and who better sort of to yeah. gather the danger of it than a damn fear, right? Yeah, like, a damn I think fear. That's where so we went. yeah, so yeah, exactly. So. In my case, Semaine is the elven daughter of the Comtesse de Orlock, and she was adopted after the Comtesse found her just too cute to eat <laughs> as a <laughs> oh child. My God. So as she got older, the Comtesse, she grew, so she essentially grew up in this household that was filled with a lot of her mother, for lack of a better term, is, is eating a lot of other people. But at some point, the Comtesse gifted her with powers and she became a Dampier. And then, uh, so now she's traveling and she's basically traveling at the orders of her mother right to basically help her out but i see her relationship with her mom being kind of, kind of that classic like mother daughter i think there's a lot of fun to be had in these sort of like mother daughter relationships where mm-hmm. mom wants her to be a certain way and she doesn't want to be that way right so that's like the tension mom was like oh you need to be eating more yeah more people so that you can be become a full-fledged vampire and she's like that's not my deal like i i, I have to do it but it's not the thing mom you know? meat's just not healthy meat yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly exactly that's exactly it right it's like it's that sort of thing so i think and i think she's also at some point i see her as being relatively young and i think at some point she realized that like oh the contest is not actually her are not is not actually her mother right mm-hmm. and so i think 
her really her great goal is to understand what happened to her parents and maybe her parents are still alive mm. and still out there right so that's that is like the driving motivation of Samain is to having grown up in this essentially very dysfunctional sounds like you too she's grown up in this kind of dysfunctional household but for her it's really just her mom and her plus mm-hmm. what, whatever drones and servants her mom has I love that. So, so clearly, as we get into that sort of fit, everybody, this is sort of the first phase. I guess yeah. we'll get into the second phase. You want to talk about your build? Yeah. So, you know, we we obviously went in the same direction. We went, yeah. I went for a little less obvious vampire, a little bit more like my force sucking yeah, damp, yeah. damp fear, sort of just yeah. to make it a little bit different. But there, there's still going to be some very clear elements of vampirism in, mm-hmm. in my build. So, what I thought of when I thought of this character, a couple of influences very clearly by the name Stardust Deneuve, Catherine Deneuve from The Hunger was right. definitely a primary influence for me yeah. that sort of really set me off in the right direction. The, the the family name Orlock is the name of Count Orlock from Nosferatu. <laughs> See, there you go. So we got some nice uh, sort of Andy betraying our, how we, how we yeah. approach our builds very clearly. <laughs> But then I I really thought of like the the huntress in in Batman. So oh, the idea yeah. that she's got this family and the family's in a bad business and she's now sort of like um she hunts <laughs> the people in the bad business. So I have well, like that. I'm a ranger, Andy. I oh went, nice. I went with Ranger and I went with Ranger Swarmkeeper. So oh, cool. So bats? Bats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love so it. she, I love uh, it. uh, Stardust <clears throat> is a eighth level ranger swarm keeper, and so her swarm is a swarm of bats. Of you know, sort of as, as with all swarm keepers, it's not real bats, it's it's sort of a, a, a sort of shadowy, fey kind of bat thing, thing yeah. that but in the form of bats that that swarm and add damage, right. uh, to her, her, uh, her, her her attacks. I also went very thematically with two things that really, so in the build, I, I, of course, with any Ranger, I kept her sort of at the ranged character build. So like an arrow, a bow and arrow, long bow. So 18 decks really pretty critical to this build, got her up there with the, the, the racial bonuses. And then I, because of her being a femme fatale, I went sort of strangely and unusually with the Ranger build, I went with an 18 charisma and I got oh, her okay. up to an 18 charisma again with the sort of build pieces, but I gave her two feats to go along with this. I gave her telepath charisma bonus. So able to speak telepathically to any creature and she can do detect thoughts. Again, I think very, very clearly sort of the kind of thing a, a yeah. femme fatale would do. And then I also gave her shadow touched. So also charisma based. So now she also has invisibility and disguise self um, is the right. spell I gave her along with that. So adding a little bit to sort of like her ability to, to, to sort of shape shift and be different, really advancing some of these build components. As always, we'll, we'll probably talk about this both, but the cool thing about um, Damphir is they get the, the sort of deathless nature. They don't need to breathe. Yeah. They have spider climb, they have vampiric bite, which you, I'll let you talk about if you want, yep. but those are sort of the really cool things with regards to, I think the cool things about her build that are sort of flavorful in my mind, Andy, is uh, I gave her, she's got a number of spells, which is pretty cool right. as a, as a, as a ranger, but she's, we talked about disguise self. She also has fog cloud, right? Very thematic mm-hmm. 
for um, a vampire. She's got speak with animals from her primal awareness. She's got fairy fire from swarm keeper. I gave her, uh, she also has absorb elements and Zephyr strike is really going to be how she operates, right? So she'll Zephyr strike so she can move really fast, gets advantage. And that's sort of the way I think about her bold. I think the one other sort of note that I think is really cool in her, in her spell casting is she has summon beast. So that summon beast is going to be a, a bigger bat. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. She's just like, it, it, she, 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 she yeah. seduces, she, she cajoles, she does yeah. the things I could have gone. I was really thinking very hard about sorcerer for this build, but I ended up with the swarm keeper because I just love the idea that there's a vampire, a damn fear out there that has a, a swarm of, of bats oh, that she, awesome. that was sort of like sold it on me. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah this has yeah, to happen. So when I was building Semaine, I went, and this is, I mean, partly just because it's, it's, it's femme fatale. It's a dead woman, right? So I actually went her patron. I like the idea and I built a pact of the tome warlock, mm. right? You know, yeah. so her, her mother is her patron. Oh, the contest wow, right. is her patron, right? That's brutal. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I just I love the tension. And then I started thinking a lot about like, okay, well, if you've grown up in this thing and your mother is essentially sending you out, like what would be the sort of stuff that she would do? So very quickly ran her charisma as a 20. It's like the primary mm-hmm. uh, stat for a warlock. And she has like a lot of the same kind of the 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 stuff you would expect she's got eldritch blast and those sorts of things but i didn't see her as a fighter in that sense it was more about like being able to like manipulate so she's got stuff like i took the shadow the shadow touched charisma thing mm-hmm. but i took distort value mm-hmm. right so cuz she's about like trying to i was really thinking i was actually thinking quite a lot about the maltese falcon and and bridget O'Shaughnessy, the character right. from that who was trying to get the the falcon right and that idea of like okay she is She's trying to get it for herself, but she's also been like, it's also to, like kind of save somebody or maybe it's like very, it's a little involved. But again, I think that she, this is, Semin has a lot of kind of muddled motivations around things. But the big thing that I wanted w- with all that was, was the ability to animate dead. I like mm-hmm. the idea of like, as yeah. a, as this, that she can then bring up or reanimate these bodies of these people. So she's got a lot of stuff around. There's a lot of charm person, suggestion, summoning the undead, animating the undead. It's a little essentially the necromancer warlock who can do these things. And then she's all she's got tongues so that she can speak, talk to almost anybody. Feats wise, um, you know, and then she has a lot of the stuff. So as as a having the undead patron, she has form of dread, so she can where she can add temp hit points, but she's also like quite terrifying looking. She's got beguiling influence as like some of her invocations, gaze of two minds, so I can touch one person and then see through their 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 vision. And then she took, like I said, shadow touched, and she is also grave touched, you know. So once once per turn, she can turn one form of damage into necrotic. But and then feet wise, I took observant. I had this sense of her as like kind of like a spy, mm-hmm. almost like you know, that she that she is very, very aware of her surroundings she's very almost professional in that sense so she's got like the criminal spy background and then she's also got observant and then the sort value and an invisibility through the shadow touched charisma feet 
That's awesome, Andy. I mean, we yeah. we, we really sort of <laughs> stayed in a very. I mean, again, the 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 tropes sort of define the po- the pocket here. Yeah. I mean, I think we're. I, 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 golly, Andy. I mean, I don't I don't know how we differentiate and choose these. These are both pretty pretty special and cool. I, I mean, I have if... to say, I love I love how you describe the the background. And to me, honestly, like once I sort of locked in on the idea of this this necromantic warlock woman like i was mm-hmm. like oh that's like to me that was very funny but i really love the idea of the swarm keeper with the bats as swarm keeper the bats just... it is super super entertaining and i do like we've also talked a lot about models as mm-hmm. you like when you think about like a like looking at the huntress yeah. in the comics that i think is a great model and a little unexpected for sort of the femme fatale versus where I'm at, which is which is maybe a little more kind of classically in the vein of you would think of not that Harker was a villain by any stretch right. of the imagination, but like that. But again, like as we think about these sorts of characters, you could just as easily have made a femme fatale that's a mastermind rogue. Right? Yeah. Well, I, or, or I, like I, the bards. I think the bards, like a College of Whispers bard that is a femme fatale is like really, you can see how those I thought you might've gone barred. That's sort of where I, I, like, did, that's... I did think about it. And yeah. then I, at the end of the day, like I, I talk about a lot of these character yeah. build ideas with my kids and yeah. uh, my, my son made a really good pitch for, for this. And I was so like, I, I that's went, pretty funny. <laughs> I went really far with an aberrant mind sorcerer before, oh, wow. before I ended up on swarm yeah. keeper, because I, again, like I wanted that whole idea that she's, everything is psionic power. So she's a femme fatale. So she has control over, she really has influence over other people's minds. That's how she does things. I really went deep in like psychic lands and all these types of things um, with the, with the aberrant mind sorcerer. And then the idea that she could twin spell them, right. Which would make her insanely powerful. Like imagine casting the psychic lands with a twin spell. Like that just like those kinds of things are, I, I really liked it as a build, but it felt very min maxi to me. And I wanted something that was a little, and I couldn't anchor it in like a really interesting story. So that's where I, when, yeah. uh, when I ended up with this, I had actually started with the idea of a Shadakar, Shadar Kai swarm keeper who had Ravens. And then I was like, wait a second, what about Dampier? And then I thought, oh, bats. And it was just sort of like, <laughs> it just sort of like okay, yeah, here's where I'm yeah, going. Right? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, because I think I landed on like Dampier Warlock really fast. Like once I was like, oh, the idea of like a dead woman who yeah. raises the dead is like just really entertaining to me. And then the idea, and it felt like the, the high charisma. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is, whether it has a good or bad uh, connotation there is an element of like manipulation within that trope yeah. of the femme fatale yeah and the idea of that sort of like social that you have that like really powerful ability to kind of pull people, pull people. yeah into I, your I, into your sphere and 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 get them to help you or get them and that's where i landed with a lot of like the charm person and suggestion yeah. stuff of like yeah, that and it fit with sort of the vampire. It does totally. That, that's why I went sorcerer. Like, oh, I'm for the like, same reason. Eh, you know. Right. Well, that's why I initially started with yeah. sorcerer for the exact same reason, right? Yeah. Charisma based, leaned in on all the the suggestion charm, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then when I when I thought about a swarm of bats, I just couldn't. I oh, couldn't let go like, of it. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. let go of it. I'm like, no, oh, awesome. this is just too cool. And then and then it sort of does our thing where it's like there are not a lot of high charisma rangers out there. So like, yeah. I had to sort of then well, build then, my and character. It's also like, it. you know, like I love the idea of charisma being not necessarily a measure of attractiveness, but being a measure of sort of like force of force will. will. Yeah. That's, and that's what I thought. I, she's a, and she's that a hunter, does so, sort of track into the huntress. And, and I even didn't model. use all the, I stayed with some of the traditional uh, background stuff for rangers. So, you know, she's got 
um, she she hunts. I kept her with favored enemy, enemy rather than favored rather than the foe, right? So she, because she already gets with the the cool thing about the the swarm is that it adds one d six to every attack right. once turn per turn. So she's got some really good ways with that and Zephyr Strike to get advantage to really hit and hit hard. I kept her with bird enemy so she could track, right? So the idea is yeah. that she tracks humanoids and fiends. And that's that sort of felt very, you know, she, again, archery style. So yeah. I, I kept her very, oh, the other cool thing, Andy, so I just said we're in the convince me round with the cool things about, and I'd never even really looked at a swarm keeper ranger before. So like, I was yeah. like, this is actually really cool. <laughs> so the, I'm going to read gathered swarm to you because gathered storm is pretty cool. So once on each of your turns, you can cause the swarm to assist you in one of the following ways immediately after you hit a creature with an attack, right? And she's going to hit a lot with her bow. So she can she can do the 1d6 piercing damage from the swarm, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. She could also, this one probably less, less yeah. feasible mechanically. The attacker must succeed a strength saving throw DC 12 or be moved by the storm up to 15 feet horizontally in a direction of your choice. It also knocks them prone. Um, oh, wow. So that's pretty cool, but DC yeah. 12 is not particularly high. So mechanically, that's going to be hard to pull off a lot. But this one I like a lot. You are moved by the swarm five feet horizontally in a direction of your choice and also gives you half cover until the start of your next turn. So for an archer, they they swarm you in the Yeah, for an archer build, that's really cool. And then even more for the archer build, the other thing that the that at the higher levels that the swarm could do is so as a bonus action, you gain a flying speed of 10 feet per and can hover. And this effect yeah. will last for a minute or until you're capacitated. So it would be like really fa- interesting. It would be really interesting to like for these two characters to fight oh, because right? I feel, I do feel like, like you're kind of a ranged character. Yeah. I am. I mean, as a warlock, I'm also a ranged character. I did not optimize my Eldritch blast. Right. So I don't right. have, I don't think I have agonizing blast as a, as one of my hacked, hacked things. But I have, I have a lot of spells like um, invisibility, greater invisibility. Yeah. I've got counter spell. I have expeditious retreat, sickening radiance. So I think it would be really interesting because I don't think it would be an easy fight for either one. No, I us. think it'd be pretty even. It, I mean, yeah, two damn fears fighting off would be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be, and it, which it's also kind of yeah. a cool visual. But it's, but yeah, I didn't optimize. I, I kind of like split the spell list yeah. down the middle of like, I wanted enough to be offensively capable, but there was also a lot around like suggestion. The flavor. I think what's interesting yeah. is like my character would probably think that your character is a fiend doing up to no good because of your <laughs> yeah. mom. Like yeah. she tracks you through, <laughs> tracks, finds you through tracking to her, your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then attacks you like sort of classic. And then we become mis- best friends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, this is pretty yeah, cool. Pretty cool pretty build. I, I really, I, I'm going to build this this sorcerer character for another and another. Yeah. Not necessarily maybe as a femme fatale, but like the sorcerer character turned yeah. out really, really interesting. So I've got, I'm really in, into it. But this character yeah. is fun. Like again, I'd never thought about a, a, a swarm keeper ranger, and now I'm, that is now really, I'm a that's little obsessed. Cool. Yeah, I might have to go back. So this has been. I we haven't been talking that long. It feels like, yeah. but I, but I think. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that just based on, I feel like your intro was a lot more solid than mine and that you had a really nice scene there more so 
than where I was at. But then also, I, th- I think just the choice of the Swarmkeeper Ranger is just like a really unusual choice. I think I'm, on those two things, I would, I think I'm going well, to have to give this I mean, I'll, I'll take it. I think it was pretty close. I'm I'm not yeah. so sure that like it was a clear win, but I, I appreciate that the, I did. Yeah, I'm glad that I didn't go with the Sorcerer because then we would have had very, two, very like incredibly <laughs> similar. Incredibly similar. No, when you, I think, yeah, for me, it was the, I really liked the intro. And then when you said it's a Swarmkeeper Ranger, I was like, oh, with the bats and the whole vibe mm-hmm. it's just great but again i think we could probably do this exact same thing again and just say okay let's we've both done this thing like how else would you do it and you could do the same sort of character like i said college of whispers bard yeah or I think yeah, there's was... a lot of ways that you could do something very similar because it is really it is sort of a classic like socially oriented character build yep. it could just as easily be a guy yeah, I, I thought very him. deeply sort of about like a changeling sort of a super non-binary mm, changeling yeah. as being the race just because like it fe- felt like then then it then this character they yeah. could be you know fe- a, 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 just a fatal right yeah um, yeah exactly. because it's like it doesn't really matter yeah what they're seducing and how they're working yeah. i really thought about yeah. the in fact i really thought about the sorcerer as a as a changeling yeah. because again like i just felt like that was this idea that the you don't know changing what source to. changing sorcerer would be especially like the aberrant mind changing right. sorcerer. Oh. i'll be honest like great npc yeah like I amazing would, like i mean that's one of the things it's so funny like when i was building this i was like this character could so easily be the villain yeah you know, like the like and i think that's one of the things like as you think about especially these characters that are existing mm-hmm. kind of like more morally gray yeah. areas it's like you really do have to think a little bit about their motivations about why they're not yeah. Well, I thought about that a lot with this yeah, character like why for that are they reason. Not like purely evil, right? And I think that's one of the things that makes these sorts of kind of like the anti-hero that we did. Yeah. While back, I think that's one of the things that makes them really interesting to consider is like, okay, well, the pure hero is in some ways very easy to understand their motivations, mm-hmm. but somebody like this is a little more complex and requires a little more care. And then also, like while you're playing them, you have to make sure that you're you keep coming back to their motivations right. and they don't just fall into that like. Yeah, I'm just gonna go up and I'm gonna kiss that guard and suck the life right out yeah, of him right. and leave him as a dried husk and keep yeah. on moving it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why I think that's why I anchored on the on the huntress because the huntress is sort of a morally ambiguous. She's she's a hero and not a hero. She's part, right. parts of the birds of prey, right? Like it's like, like Catwoman. It's it's not not a clean distinction. Uh, and I like that because again, I think that just gives you more room to play with in the character and like why yeah. are they being a hero? What becomes sort of their arc. I, I almost every character we build, Andy ends up as an NPC in one of my games. <laughs> just because like, I feel like they're well, you've already yeah. we've, you've already invested in a backstory that makes them richer. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, so exactly. it's really fun. Well, I will take the win. Okay. Maybe maybe that means I do. Uh, I think I, I think as the dad. as the winner, you get you should let's hear the dad joke. Bring it All on, right. buddy. Bring it on. Well, I I was going to do a different one, but and this one's a hard one to do without. <laughs> In, not in writing, but since we are on this theme, Andy, how do vampires start letters? Uh, since no, they would end it with sincerely. I, I have no idea, Michael. How would they? St- how do vampires start letters? Tomb it may concern. <laughs> God, T O M B. Tomb it may concern. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. I'm coughing. Uh, coughing. <laughs> I, I, this was not the joke I had prepared, but it just no, seemed no, like no, we, no, we did, no, we did a vampire episode. I think, yeah, I, think I think that's I think that's great. I think that's that's right on the nose. That's awesome. 
That's funny. Oh my God. Okay. So, well, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as we say at the ends of a lot of these. Now you can follow us on the socials. You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore dad vantage, or you can find us on Facebook at the dad vantage podcast. Just do a little searching and you should track us down. Uh, yeah. Exciting times. Exciting times. I think we're getting close yeah. to 750, 800 followers on Twitter. We've got by the time this comes out, we'll have exceeded 750. Yeah, 5, yeah. we'll have 5,000 followers or something yeah. like that. 5,000 so downloads. Yeah. 5,000 downloads. Yeah. 5,000 followers. That's our next goal, everybody, next goal. as we proceed um, to take over yeah. the world. I, I just want to thank everybody out there. We really appreciate the the interest. It's just every every week we see more people mm-hmm. checking us out and we and, and watching, listening to all the episodes. So we really, really appreciate the attention and being able to share our love of D&D with you. Yeah. We have some interesting content coming up after this. So stay tuned for some announcements. We'll announce on Twitter some cool stuff that we have. Some, we're going to start doing interviews, Andy. We're going to start interviewing yeah. some interesting people. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. I'm excited. And actually, yeah, we we also were we were lucky enough to be guests on uh, Party of Two's podcast That's not right. too we're, long ago, which, yeah. was a, which was great fun. So yeah. shout out to shout Party out. of Two. Absolutely. Shout out for Party of Two. They, they were actually sort of the inspiration for some of these character builds because they had they had a lot of questions about how to do character builds and homebrew. And yep. we had a good time chatting about it. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody. Again, it's been great. Just remember, go out there, play D&D, roll with that advantage. Tell right. your DMs, everybody, you get that, you get that advantage. Michael and I said so. That's right. You can buy it. Oh, Andy, Andy built us a beautiful new logo, a beautiful new logo, and some new merch. So also on Facebook you can, and Twitter, you can check out the, the merch. Roll yeah, with yeah. Advantage t-shirts and the logo t-shirts. It's awesome. Us. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye. Take care.